right, KISS Army. Welcome to the KISS FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today and letting us into your head. I hope we don't do any damage. We hope that you enjoy. 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 All right, so welcome back to the KISS FAQ Podcast. And now that we've completed our analysis of the KISS crew set list from the balcony, because none of us were there, we've got someone who was actually on KISS Cruise 10. Um, Southern KISS from the KISS FAQ message board, welcome to the show. And thank you for giving us the time to give everyone a firsthand account of your experiences. Well, thank you. Yes, this KISS crew something I have been wanting to do for a long time. And uh, there was someone on the KISS FAQ message who said, you know, if you're on the fence about whether or not you should go on the KISS cruise, you just go and you'll have a great time. And whoever said that uh, was correct. So was this your first cruise or are you a repeat offender? This was my first KISS cruise and I had been to KISS conventions before, but and I always had fun at conventions, but this was like a week-long convention, with the exception of that there wasn't nearly as much um, memorabilia as you see at conventions, uh, which I think is probably just because it's so hard to get that stuff on ships. Yeah, so, so before we talk about the cruise, uh, just give everyone a little bit of background about yourself as a KISS fan. When did you come on board with KISS? Uh, what's your favorite album? And, yeah. uh, you know, what, what, uh, I think those, that cover, who's your favorite member? Those are the three questions. Well, how did I come on board with kids? Um, they've officially been my favorite band since fourth grade and I'm relatively young. So for me, fourth grade was about 23 years ago, I think. And I had, you know, seen pictures of them. I had seen them on TV radio and I decided I was going to get uh, one of their albums so I started with the first one and as they say the rest is history. Uh, it has started an obsession that has never ended and probably never will. Right now in my house I uh, use the master bedroom of my house as a kiss room and I sleep in a smaller room. Right. I uh, have so many very, very, very fond memories of KISS throughout my life, and they mean a lot to me. So, so let's see. I, I lost my train of thought there. What was the when was the first time that you saw the band? That is a good question. I first saw the band, um, and there is a, an entire story that goes with this about how I got the tickets. It was in a very unusual way. As... Um, I was, when I was in about fifth grade, the band announced the farewell tour. And uh, of course, I wasn't old enough to go to shows by myself at that time. So I, I said to my dad, I said, Dad, we have, we've got to go. We've got to go. We've got to go. Tour went on over the year and went through the summer and sixth grade came around. And I still had been telling my dad, we've got to go see. Uh, at the time I, I was in sixth grade and every day my dad would drop me off at school on his way to work and uh, in the afternoon when school was over my grandmother would pick me up because my parents were still at work and one it was one Friday 
And I, I remember the day too. It was October the 6th, 2000. Uh, I went outside after school let out and I expected to get picked up by my grandmother as I always did. There was, uh, I noticed outside of the building, there was a car that looked like dad's car. And I thought to myself, I thought, no, that's not dad's car. That's just some other kid whose parent drives a car like my dad's. And I looked at it a little bit more closely. Sure enough, it was my dad's car. And he had dropped me off at school on his way to work that day. And here he is sitting in the car in a, a shirt and a pair of blue jeans. He hadn't even gone to work that day. And I just thought this was odd. My dad is a planner. He doesn't do things spur of the moment. And here... He is, and he never picked me up from school because he was always still at work. So this was like so weird to me. I walked up to the car. There he was sitting in, in the car. Got in and I said, hey, dad, what are you doing picking me up from school today? And he said, very matter of factly, I just thought it would be a nice day to take off from work early and pick you up from school. And uh, I said, well, where are we going? He said, we're going home. Uh -uh. Well, that's strange. Whatever. Well, we drove off of the school parking lot and we got on the interstate and we started traveling in the opposite direction of where we lived. I got to thinking, you know, this does not look like we're going home. I said, Dad, are we really <laughs> going home? Because it looks like we're going somewhere else. He said, well, you know what? You're right. We're not going home. There is somewhere else we're going. And uh, <laughs> I said, well, where are we going? He said that on the car's floorboard, there was an envelope with my name on it. And uh, he told me that if I opened up the envelope, I would know where we were going. I saw this envelope on the floorboard with my name on it and I reached down and I picked it up and opened it up and there were kiss tickets in the envelope <laughs> and I was so happy and so excited to get those tickets I burst into tears I was just in tears I was so excited about this it was a surprise the best surprise ever of my life and we went we took a road trip a city about two hours away, which was Charlotte, North Carolina. And we got to see them. And it was, you know, for an 11 year old, it doesn't get any more exciting than that. And in my kiss room, I have the frame ticket stubs with three pieces of confetti from the show. And one thing that's interesting about that show is it was actually the second to last show that the original lineup ever played together. They played one show after that following night in Charleston. So I barely got to see the original lineup just by the hair on my chinny chin chin. And uh, it's uh, one of those experiences you just never forget. No, you're, you're really, really lucky that, you know, your father yeah. rocks and his timing could not have been better to give you that opportunity, which but, no one knew that was going to be the very last opportunity, you know, basically the following night to see the original lineup. So, right. uh, you know, you're lucky. I mean, it, that's the great thing about the KISS FAQ community and the KISS community at large is that it, it spans generations. So here you are, a younger fan who got to see 
you know, just at the tail end of the farewell tour is your first kiss experience live in concert. Um, right. You know, that, that's a fantastic story. And I, I mean, I can see you smiling as you're recounting it. So it must mean an awful lot to you um, for, for a multitude of reasons. And I, I asked my dad why he surprised me, why he didn't tell me beforehand. He said, well, figured if I told you beforehand, you'd be so excited. You wouldn't be able surprise absolutely no what what a heck of a, a surprise and here we are what how many years late 20 years later One, 21 it? years later. 21 years later and you've now attended the well, it's the 10th and it's your first cruise so what made you want to go on the cruise uh you know this late in the game as well uh why is this your first cruise well you know, I had been on a cruise previously and it was fun, but I didn't really have, it wasn't a KISS cruise, but I didn't really have the desire to really go on a cruise again. But I had been to KISS conventions and KISS concerts and they were always so much fun. I loved interacting with other fans. And ever since the very first night I saw KISS in, on the farewell tour, I felt an immediate connection with fans as if they were like family. It was an incredible atmosphere. Because all these people shared a love for something which many people don't understand. Uh, we all, I'm sure everyone on KISS FAQ has been known as the irritating KISS fan in, in certain circles. I know I, I have. I, I, I would think that's a fair assumption. Um, talking about, you know, I wanted to be able to have that KISS fan atmosphere. I would have gone on a KISS cruise even if KISS hadn't been there, even if it had just been a group of KISS fans sailing together. Um, I never will forget when a uh, place I used to work in the office one day, of course, I was known in the office as the KISS fan who could talk about KISS endlessly. And uh, one day, one of my colleagues brought up the subject of KISS while I was in the room and another colleague just looked up and went at him. I said, I saw that. So, yes, the KISS fan community is something I've always liked. I've always interacting with fans, um, especially because, you know, I'm of a younger generation than the original KISS fans. I wasn't alive in the 70s. And so when I go to conventions and I meet people who have been following the band, you know, since their first album came out in 1974, it's, it's really interesting to hear the stories they have uh, about living first wave of this mania. And so I knew there'd be a lot of kids fans and I was in desperate need of a vacation. You know, COVID slowed us all down as far as traveling goes vacation and so my original plan was to go to Thailand and it would actually have been cheaper than the KISS cruise because the American dollar goes so far in Thailand I was saying well you know that'll be a, a, that'd be a nice vacation I could take you know domestic places to travel and it still seemed like Thailand was, was a cheaper option because of how far the American dollar can go over there so but I decided that what I really wanted to do was this cruise. So I did, and I do not regret it at all. It was a great experience. 
Uh, I'm so glad I decided to do the more cruise than spend a week in Thailand. And I'm already wanting to go again next year. Really? No, that's, um, that, that's, a, that's a, a good response. When did you book? Did you book originally for when it was postponed and hold on? Or did you come in and get your, uh, your cabin uh, because of the cancellations and the impact to uh, other people who had booked who weren't able to attend? Well, when I first decided I wanted to go, um, when I first decided I was really going to go through with it, it was probably either June or July. I can't remember. It was either June or July. And it was all sold out. So I talked to the sixth man. I called them up and they said that I could get on a waiting list. And if anything opened up, I could get on. They said I was number 140 something on the waiting list. And I, I remember thinking, you know, I asked them, would there really be a chance for me getting on? They said there might be. Well, about a week later, they gave me a call. They said, uh, the cabin has opened up and you are, can go. And I thought, well, great. That's what I'm going to do. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was, uh, just a few months. Ago. And, uh, I had been really excited about it. And I, I came back, I flew back yesterday and I, I even, when I went to sleep last night, I was still on the Kiss Cruise. It was like for my dreams. I know I'm somewhat of a Kiss nerd. Uh, you're in the right place. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's how it started for me as far as going on the cruise. I, uh, I flew down. I flew down uh, from Nashville to Miami, the day this cruise started. So I wanted to make sure there'd be no flight delays. And I met some people on the flight who were also going on the cruise. And I, the talisman, unbeknownst to me, that they were going to be on the So I thought that was cool. I very briefly chatted with them. And uh, I told them, you know, I enjoyed seeing them perform with Ace and was looking forward to seeing them perform on the cruise. And uh, I checked into my hotel in Miami and I knew that there were a lot of KISS fans at Doubletree that the KISS Cruise Fest was going to be held at. Right. Which had been canceled. Uh, but I decided I'd just go over to that hotel uh, meet up with fans and I had already contacted uh, Ace of Base who posts on this FAQ and he had told me he was going to be at the hotel bar and I said well I'm going to come over there and we can hang out and we went and it was very nice we sat at the bar with some other fans and uh, chatted and uh, it was very nice experience a good um Good way to kick off the festivities. Uh, you know, I, I saw a fan with uh, there in the hotel bar with. Uh, I loved people's tattoos. There was a fan that had a jean tattoo on one arm, a Paul tattoo on the other arm, a Peter tattoo on one leg, an Ace tattoo on one leg. And on her back, she had Eric Carr and Vinnie Vincent. Really impressive artwork. 
Yeah, it, it takes a diehard to ink that sort of uh, stuff. So more power to them. Yes. And so I went back to the hotel that I was staying at and got up the next day and Ubered to the port. And at the port, uh, I met some really cool people as I was waiting to board the ship. Let's see. I met uh, a, uh, a mother and daughter from France. And they both had kiss tattoos, and this was their 10th Every year they come from France for this cruise. So I thought that was really cool. You know, that's a long way to go for this cruise, and to do that every year, that's real dedication. Yeah. Especially now with COVID and all the travels, difficulty travels. I did meet some international travel. Um, I met people from... Costa Rica, Peru, France, Canada. There was someone on board who told me that she was from Brazil. Trying to think of any other countries that were represented. I can't think of any right now off the top of my head. Uh, Oh, Germany. I can't remember if someone said they were from Sweden too or not. I don't remember. But in, in, there were people who come from all over the country too. Uh, Hawaii, Idaho, Utah, California, Arizona, Texas, Indiana, Ohio, Kentucky, Georgia, Alabama, South Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia, Maryland, Delaware. New York, Pennsylvania. Pretty much the whole country, you know. Yeah, pretty much. A lot of states, probably at least 40. And so just right there, waiting to board was was quite an experience to be able to eat so many different fans. And I, I got the schedule here, actually, so I could go down chronologically through what happened on the cruise. Uh, you know, the events on the cruise overlap, so I didn't experience everything, but I have here. So instead of, let's not follow the itinerary. I, what, I wanna, what I want to do is go freeform on this. And, you know, after we've, we've hit a few of the highs and hopefully the, the ones a bit less, I'm not going to call them lows because this is the Kiss Cruise. I, I'm not walking the gangplank. Um <laughs> <laughs> you know, then we'll, then we'll go back and fill in some of the other ones, um, you know, and some of the other uh, activities that were going on the, the cruise. Um, you're all, so let's skip through all the COVID testing and vetting and all that. Get oh, okay. on board, take the masks off, you know, um, just in terms of that, how was it on board uh, in terms of health and safety? Obviously, that's been a big concern for a lot of people. That was the reason why a lot of people weren't here. Um, obviously, they did do a lot of testing. Uh, we yes. know that. Um, but you did you, once you were on board, did you feel comfortable with everything that was in place um, for the duration of the cruise, whether it was at restaurants, at the cafeteria or buffet, uh, or in the venues themselves? Uh, I personally... Um, did not, well, I mean, I knew, you know, I was taking a risk just because of the pandemic. Um, and I was 
a little bit nervous that something might happen. But I knew it was just a risk I was just going to take. And it, uh, there were some people on board wearing masks, even though it was not required. Uh, I didn't wear a mask. And it was not a socially distanced thing. You know, lots of people congregating together, uh, sharing, uh, or you could easily transmit a virus just from being around other people and breathing close, close proximity. So I never heard about COVID coming onto the ship, and I hope it didn't. But if it did, then, you know, there probably would be quite a few people with it, and I hope there's not. No, and at some point, you know what? We all have to trust that vaccine that we've all, uh, right. you know, hopefully gotten, because otherwise, yeah. you know, if, if you know, if it if it makes if it prevents us from dying, then it's a win, you know, and, and that's the whole idea. But we got to get right. back to life at some point and not be afraid of socially distancing and worrying about whether that guy ten feet of uh, you know away from me is vaccinated or not. You know, it's on him if he gets it, but hopefully the vaccine on me protects me, even if I get the sniffles. Right. So, as far as some of the highlights of the show, I I know a lot of fans have talked about the. The shows themselves. I know a lot of the fans have been curious about the Kiss shows and the Bruce Kulick shows. So I can actually go into some detail about those. And I'll, I'll start with the Kiss shows. I attended the first night's Kiss show, which was Halloween. And I, uh, it's a very interesting what happened. It's another one of those Kiss surprises, like I told you about when I was 11. Uh, originally I had been booked on to have a seat on the balcony and I went to the six man desk before, uh, before the show started and asked if I could be upgraded. They said, yes, you can be upgraded. So they gave me a, a seat. Well, actually it wasn't a seat. It was a standing room. It was the second row behind the pit. Oh, Nice. Yeah, and I got to the seat, and I mean, it was a stand-up thing, you know, with just a bar there. And I thought, wow, this is really nice. Well, a gentleman uh, came to that seat who, with the same ticket number, or seat number, and uh, I knew Six Man had, you know, made an error. And I was, you know, concerned there for a second. They were going to have me just sit way up top. But... Um, the show started. I well, what happened was I went back up to the desk at Six Man. I told them what had happened, and I um, they said they would, you know, correct it for me. So then I, as they were correcting it, I went back and stood in the aisle where my second row seat had been, second row behind the pit. And a security guard came up to me and said, "You can't stand in the aisle." I said, "Well." Um, my seat was double booked. So he said, well, here, hold out your hand. And he put uh, a pit around my wrist and said, well, just go on up here. And he opened up the pit. and I went into the pit. So I had an even better view now. I was just uh, a few feet away from the stage on Gene's side. When I was facing the stage, Gene was on the so it was surreal to see them up close like that. 
quite an experience and I really enjoyed it. And the set list is something a lot of people had, um, you know, been curious about. And I have the set list here of the show I, I um, attended. And I can tell you some of them I thought were highlights for the set list is, which uh, is one of my favorites. I was not expecting to hear that. Let's see. We Are One. They played that, which is another one of my favorites. Uh, All Night, another one of my favorites. And although I can't say it's one of my absolute favorites, and I don't dislike the song, they did play She's So European. I knew I had heard they had done some deep cuts on the cruise, and I guess it's because they know that most of the people on the cruise are going to be diehard fans. There aren't going to be very many casuals there. I mean, She's So European is probably a song. Yeah, you, you have to be a, a, a pretty severe diehard as well to get into that. I mean, that was the first time it had ever been performed by Kiss. Gene had done it with the uh, with his solo band previously, but Kiss uh, absolutely never before. Same with We Are One, for that matter. Yeah, and seeing Take It Off was really nice, too. Uh, well, that's a song I really like. So. Yeah, first yeah. time, first time in twenty six years uh, since yeah. that was last performed, and uh, you know, even uh, all night hasn't been done since the Asylum tour. You know, so you know, stretching it out and having that. But you know, have you seen shows during the end of the road? And you know, what was your feeling about the balance of you know four rarities versus you know? There's quite a lot of songs in there that they've been doing currently on tour. Well, I did see the end of the road show in Nashville about two and a half years ago and it was a fun show i don't remember exactly the set list um i don't remember there being many deep cuts on that the show i went to there might have been but if there were none <laughs> it's 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 greatest hits okay yeah well i know that's what they did mostly but I two and a half years ago so i can't remember exactly if there were any deep cuts or not uh, seeing Kiss is always a pleasure, and I know even if they're playing a lot of the same songs tour after tour, it's just it's it's Kiss. It's much like a uh, YouTube saw where uh, people were parodying on this video Star Wars, talking about you know all the silly things in Star Wars, and they would go there was this and this and this, and then they would say, but it's Star Wars would say such and such and such and such happened in Star Wars, but it's Star Wars and we love it. Or such and such and such happened in that movie, but it's Star Wars and we love it. And so that's how I feel about Kiss, but it's Kiss and I love them. No, ab absolutely. And that's one of the points that I always like to make about the set is, you know, we're supposed to be Kiss fans who love these songs, regardless of what they play. You know, you're in a theater setting, a very small theater setting, seeing Kiss, you know, without the pyro, just kiss on a boat um it, what did you think about that you know if you saw them in nashville you saw them in an arena you know and now right. you're seeing them in this pretty much yeah. a tiny a tiny venue on a boat well i uh in nashville i was way up in the nosebleed section so of course uh that's probably the furthest i had ever been from them was in nashville because 
the other drawers I had either sat on the floor or on the lower level, the other drawers I saw. And so, but here for me, just inches away from them was, it was surreal. And I noticed how much bigger they look. So, and with those costumes on, seeing them up that close is, is really incredible. Um, I didn't catch a pick. Uh, I tried. Uh, a bunch of people around me did. The guy standing next to me caught Dean's towel. Uh, I did get some of Dean's water, though, even though I never touched the water bottle. He threw it out to the audience, and it went upside down over my head, and I, I got some water on me. <laughs> so what are the high, you know obviously the rare songs are highlights because yes. you, you'll probably never get to hear those again and, right. and that's exciting but what were the highlights in the set for you either visually or the, the music what were the, th the your takeaways when you came out of that show you're like you know fist pumping and how yeah. was the audience the audience seemed to be enjoying the show from what i could tell um just audibly because I, most people were sitting behind me. So I didn't really couldn't tell from the looks on their faces. First, um, first time cruiser here in the pit. That is yes. Awesome. And complete surprise had, I would have never, I, I mean, you could have told me, do you think you might be sitting in the pit? I'd say, well, I'd have to have some sort of a connection or something. Well, no, I didn't have to have a connection. I just had to have a seat that had been double booked. <laughs> No, you, you made the right choice, absolutely, to, to take them up on that and get down there because usually it is reserved for people who've, uh, you know, gone to many, many cruises. It's like one of the few perks there is for repeat offenders on the cruise. So, uh, but, yeah. you know, and without a lot of the international crowd, I was a little bit concerned that the, the vibe wasn't going to have that insane energy that, you know, often the South American Brigade and the Swedes in particular bring to the events that they attend. Well, I thought that, you know, um, visually, of course, you know, there wasn't as much stage as you've seen in previous years. And that's that's understandable. I mean, I wasn't expecting them to just be all over the stage. Um, you know, they, Dean and Paul have certainly slowed down in that regard. Um, I, I did think it was odd, though, that Gene didn't spit blood. I thought that was odd because that's such a staple uh, to make a performance. You know, I can understand why they didn't want to breathe fire on a ship or do pyrotechnics. Well, fi fire and ships generally don't go yeah. well together. Yeah. So, I mean, I wasn't expecting to see him breathe fire or for there to be any pyro, but I, I can't say that I was disappointed. He, well, I mean, there was a, it just seemed very odd that he did not breathe fire. I mean, excuse me, not breathe fire. I meant to say it seemed very odd that he did not spit blood. Um, I just find that odd just because it's such a staple of the show. But the, 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 as far as the, how the band sounded, they sounded good. Um, I thought they sounded good. You know, I can't say that I go back and I, I watch Chisology and I watch them play those songs from the 70s. Of course, they played much better. Right, but it's it's twenty twenty one. You know, right, right, they're, exactly. they're not they're not going back in time. Any anyone who expects them to should probably go right. and spin a live, a live two, or a live three, and just be just right. be done with it. If if that's what they want or need, just go go do that and don't go to the shows. 
Right. And then, and that's so going in, I knew, you know, they weren't going to be, wasn't going to be, you always hear about the grand kiss show from the seventies, but I knew it wasn't going to be that level of energy. So, um, but I enjoyed the show for sure. It's, seeing kiss is always great. Uh, it's just a, you know, a fun time. So let's take a step back to the the two nights before, which was the Sail Away show. That's yes. obviously, is that your first, well, obviously it's your first time seeing an electric Sail Away show. I had acoustic on mine, I, right. I, I believe pseudo acoustic because it is electrified or amplified. But what did you think of that? Um, you know, uh -huh. those songs, that crowd, it's a great environment when you get on the boat. That's kind of that evening's event. I got the set list right here. I just pulled it out got it sitting here beside me um so i'll i'll start out by saying that the set list i mean i'm sorry not with the set list with it being an electric and i thought it was going to be acoustic and i was on deck when they were getting set up and it didn't look like they were setting up for an acoustic show uh, at, well someone i was um talking with on the cruise said, because I had said, I think if they're getting set up for their acoustic show, said, looks like they're getting set up for an electric show. And I thought, well, I mean, either way is fine with me. I'll take either an acoustic or an electric. You know, I knew I was going to have a good time. And so they came out and they said they were going to do something different this year. They were doing an electric show. So I got as close as I could. To the stage. I wasn't as close as I was for the show I was the electric show, I mean, the massive show. I was, I was probably closer than I had ever been. And they sounded good. Um, you know, Stanley is always great with the audience. Uh, and the set list, they opened up with going blind. That was such a weird choice. That, yeah, that, was, that, that is. Someone a, was streaming the sh uh, the show, and I was like, uh -huh. opening up a going blind. People bitch about there not being enough changes. That's a pretty big change to the Kiss operating standard. Yeah, I don't know if that's ever been used as a. Uh, I know that for unplugged, coming home was the opener, and I think a lot of people were probably surprised by that. But I also knew, I mean, it, it fits with the theme of Unplugged with Peter Nace coming back and, you know, they were in New York. Um, but going blind, yeah, I would have never guessed that would be used as an opener. It sounded good. And then they did Plaster Caster. So that was nice. Uh, they did Got to Choose, and that's a song that sometimes they've done it over the years but it's not one you hear it's not one of the staples they did lover all i can which was great to hear i think it's uh it's one of those songs on dress to kill that you don't hear much about but it's actually you know it's a, a short and sweet song and so it was fun to hear live uh of course they did uh shock me that's, you know, one they usually do. Uh, Christine 16. And I have to say, Paul Stanley made that comment about, um, and I think this, this subject has come up on the forum before. You know, grown men writing a song about a 16-year-old girl. So Paul Stanley said, I don't remember his exact words, but he said something to the effect of, 
you know, if we were to put this song out now, we'd have to call it Christine 60. Yep, but you, you can still use that line. I don't usually say the words to someone your age, and it still yeah. applies either end of the spectrum. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, let's see. Tears are falling, and they did that with Bruce. That was nice to hear. And Heaven's on Fire, also with Bruce. Then Bruce went back and they teased a baseline of I, which is actually one of my favorites. And then they didn't follow through with it, which I was disappointed about because I love that song. I think it's a, a great song. Uh, and so they did A World Without Heroes. And uh, Hotter Than Hell, Calling Dr. Love, and they closed with She. So there were some deep cuts in there. Uh, the only songs on there that are very frequently used are, are Shock Me, uh, Heaven's on Fire, and Calling Dr. Love. The others aren't used as frequently. Well, Tears Are Falling in the set, uh, or was, I think, currently. I lose track of what's in the set these days. But that's a good mix of electric stuff, you know, that hasn't been heard in a while. I, I saw yep. the set and, you know, from a quirky start with going blind, I'm like, cool. You know, I was like, where's coming home. I was like, did, did they start the, you know, the stream late? Did I miss that? I was like, nah. Okay. Well, that's why well, I went back and watched it again later. Mastercaster is always fun. You know, it's one of their go-tos that they can just kind of do. Got yeah. to choose. I, when I went to a, a meet and greet and they did it acoustically, I was thrilled. You know, it's a fun song. You know, it's it's deeper canon stuff. Um, yeah. Let me get your opinion on this. It's, the set was down to 12 songs. Mm -hmm. Usually or previously in 2019 and 2018, it was 16 songs. Do you feel gypped? Well, I mean, I did think the set seemed kind of short. I wouldn't say I feel gypped, though. <laughs> I mean, sure, I would have preferred there to be more songs, but, you know, I don't feel like I was ripped off. And I don't know what made them decide to shorten the set list this year. I don't know uh, what the reasoning was behind that. That I do not know. But I, I can't say I feel good. But no, we'll have to see if anyone snapped a picture of the set list on the stage to, uh, to see if they skipped over any songs. Uh, yes, during that, that would be there may have been time constraints or maybe they only they only planned on doing that you know come on these you know age plays a factor at right. tired from a tour uh whatever else goes into life you know you're still getting a sail away show electric with kiss on a cruise ship about or already heading out to sea at that point so you right. know it, it's it's a win regardless i i guess I, I just wanted to get the impression i guess if you've been on the cruise previously you might people might note that oh this is a little bit shorter than we become uh, accustomed to. And those were, I think, uh, the last uh, 2019, I think, was acoustic. 2018 was acoustic electric, So, and Ace was there for one of them. Yeah, and I uh, I remember at the Sail Away show thinking when it was over, that did seem kind of short. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going sequentially through the shows since that's what the topic that we've just covered on the actual uh, KISS FAQ broadcast. And then we'll come back and fill in the, the other events. Um, I'm jumping forward to the second KISS show indoors, which was the, the night following yours. Did you watch that on a screen anywhere? I actually, I did not. I was thinking it was just going to be like a 
the same show. I thought to myself, well, you know, I don't really need to watch it because I just saw it last night. And uh, of course, I would have gone to it again if it had been live, but I just didn't think I needed to to do that. So I can't remember what I decided to do instead, but I found something else to do on board, uh, some other activity that was going on. But I talked with some fans who went to the second show instead of the first one. And when I did, I realized that it was, um, in fact, a slightly different set list. And I have the set lists here pulled up on paper here. So I can actually, I looked through and did some comparisons. And it looked like the same number of songs, except there were three songs from night one that were not played on night two and three songs from night two that were not played on night one. And so the three that were only performed on night one were She's So European, We Are One, and Uh All Night. And for night two, they replaced those with a Rock and Roll making love and all the way. And I was kind of disappointed that I didn't um, get to see making love. It's one of my favorites. I think it's some of Gene's best bass work and all the way is good too. That's another song with good bass work on it. Uh, Let me go rock and roll is fun, but I rather have seen making love and all the way. So what what was the what was the conversation like on board after the the second show about those changes because we go from having three pretty severely deep cuts into ones which have been performed intermittently I mean a couple of well let me go rock and roll was a regular in the set list for many years um, making love is a little bit more obscure I think 2006 I remember that being done last or and all the way gets dragged out now and again. You know, what, what were fans who went to night, uh, night two kind of like talking about after that show? Were they annoyed? Well, I, I remember um, one of the fans I talked to um, who was telling me about the show he had been to. He said, Faith and Love and All the Way. And I thought, really? They didn't do that at my show. That, those are great songs. That must have been really good. And so from what I could tell from talking with with fans, I don't know how many people got to attend both shows or were comparing seeing one sim, uh, simulated live versus um, one simulated live versus being there. But from what I gathered, there were some fans who thought night one was better and some fans who thought that night two was better. Set list wise. Yes, fans. Yeah. I mean, and I guess, you know, I don't know how much different the playing was the second night, uh, if they were playing better or worse, but set list wise, I think, you know, my opinion is I really like making love in all the way, but I like We Are One and uh, All Night too. She's So European and Let Me Go Rock and Roll. Neither one of those are amongst my favorites, but... Uh, you know, it's like I said earlier, you just you always enjoy Kiss. Yeah. So so they didn't reshow any of the, you know, the the in-house feeds of the two Kiss shows throughout, so you weren't able to um, see the second show with missing the live feed? Um, well, I don't know if they ever reshowed it, but I was thinking, you know, because I thought they were just going to be the same set list. 
I said to myself, I'm not going to bother watching the second one because, uh, you know, I just attended the first one. So I, I'll, you know, take advantage of something else the ship has to offer because I can always watch it later. Um, but it was not the same show. Nope. I had, I had heard... I had heard previously that I'd heard some people say they do two identical shows and some people say they do two different shows. Um, yeah. And you, you never know what, what, what it's going to be on the kiss cruise. I mean, doing, yeah. doing the set list analysis of it, there have been occasions where they've done identical sets both night there. You, you know, you never know, you know, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get with kiss. <laughs> so, you know, to throw in some forest. Let's get into some of the other uh, live performances. Uh, uh-huh. Bruce Kulik, the man, yes. he is the MVP of the cruise in previous years. Um, what did you think about his band and did you catch his show on uh, the Absolutely. 30th, the first set? I caught, yes, and it was great. I never imagined I would be sitting in a hot tub watching Bruce Kulik perform live. But no. I was. <laughs> now, now, now you have. <laughs> uh, I wanted to take advantage of the hot tubs, so I I didn't, you know, think, well, I've got to get as close to the stage as I can. And hot tubs were elevated, so I could sit in the hot tubs and still see the stage. It was really cool uh, to be able to do that. Uh, and so I have I have that set down here in front of me, too. Um, excellent set list, excellent show. He started out with Exciter, which was, you know, that's a great song. It's a song you don't really hear much. Um, it was the song that kicked off the non-makers. Yeah, and you know what's nice is Bruce is the gatekeeper of his era of the band, but it's nice that he also stretched back a little bit more to what otherwise is absolutely neglected because Vinny's not out there playing yeah. any of the stuff from the two albums that he was involved in. So, um, you know, a great deal of respect and thanks to Bruce for continuing to fly the flag of Kiss Unmasked in the 1980s. And that's when I became a fan. So obviously that makes yeah. me very pleased. Yeah, Exciter, and you know, it's it's a great song uh, with a great guitar solo. Oh, it's, uh, it was great to see him up with that. And then they did Unholy, which is another favorite of mine, but it's not a deep cut, but it's, it's always good to hear. And then they did, I'm not sure how much of the songs they performed, because when I printed off the set list, it said that Secretly Cruel uh, All Night and Trial by Fire was like a medley. Yep. But I hadn't interpreted it as that myself. I don't know if I just couldn't tell they were doing a medley. But uh, uh, All Night is, is, you know, one of my favorites. And Trial by Fire is too. Trial by Fire is one of my favorites. Very underrated song. So it was absolutely great to play that. So that was a medley or trio of songs from Asylum. And it was great. They sounded great. When they covered Kiss songs, it seems like the bass player sings Gene's songs and Bruce's other guitar player sings Paul's songs. But everyone sounded good. And they did Dreamin', which is also interesting. Uh, You know, I know that came from Psycho Circus and it was, by the time that album came out, Bruce 
not with the band anymore, but it is a good song and it was great to hear. It's a deep cut. And, you know, it comes from an album that's very underrated, in my opinion. And that, considering Psycho Circus was the theme of the cruise, it was very fitting. And then they did Eyes of Love. They wanted to do this tribute to Eric Carr. Yep. So, um, you know, they mentioned about Eric Carr. They wanted to do a tribute to him. So they did Eyes of Love, followed by Can You Feel It, followed by Little Caesar. And I think that's great. They wanted to give tribute to Eric Carr. He absolutely deserves it. And, you know, it doesn't seem like they talk. I don't I don't hear like Dean and Paul talk much about Eric Carr today. Uh, I don't know why it seems so. His, his contributions were so great. And I know there's a whole subject to get into about what happened towards the end of his tenure with Kiss. And I know that's, that's you know, you hear a lot of different things about that, but I mean, that's that's another subject. But to get back to the, the set list, yes, the fact that they did those uh, songs for Eric Carr was great. And All Hell's Breaking Loose, which is another great song, you know, it comes from the Lick It Up album. And although I do not like, I mean, well, I do not dislike the song look it up i have to say it is probably my least favorite on that album there are so many great songs on that album and kiss always seems to do look it up that's like the only one they ever seem to perform from that album and it's not a bad song but there are just so many others that are of that so to hear all hell's breaking loose along with excited that was really really cool yeah no, no, that's an un somewhat unexpected. I think Kiss teased a little bit of it several years ago, so it's nice to, you know, mm -hmm. finally have that one done. And because it's got an Eric Carr connection, and again, Bruce flying the flag for Kiss Unmasked. And you know, they had, um, yeah, because All Hell's Breaking Loose was actually along with Lick It Up as singles for the album Lick It Up. So it seems like that was a song when it was released. They wanted to push but just sort of dropped by the wayside when it never really became a big hit. Go for it and everything. So I don't know why they lost wanting to play it. Um but to see uh you know Bruce play that song that was that was great. And it's another one of those songs that, you know, like you said, he's carrying un the unmasked era of Kiss, the flag for that, because that was also a song from Benny's tenure. Yep. And they did something very cool they did was out of the five songs from Alive 2, Side 4, they did three of them. They did Rockin' in the USA, Larger Than Life, and American Man. And they all sounded great. Which are the three with Bob on them? Because obviously Ace plays on Rocket Ride and Paul just did all the, all the guitars on Any Way You Want It. Yeah, I can't remember if Bruce mentioned anything on stage about his brother Bob or not. I cannot remember. Um, you know, Bruce is very quiet on stage. Uh, he plays very well, but uh, he does not say a lot to the audience. So, and I can't remember if the subject of Bob came up or not. And I don't know if they chose those three just because Bob was on them or not, if that was supposed to be 
to him. I'm not sure. Yeah, my understanding was he did mention that it was a tribute to his brother. Uh, this was okay. the first cruise, obviously, since uh, Bob passed away. So, uh, again, he's, he's not only celebrating Kiss, but he's also making sure that his brother's contributions uh, to the band are continued to be remembered as well. You know, just Bruce's classic, pure classic. Yeah. And uh, then they did, I don't remember this being a medley at the time, but now that I look at a printed set list someone typed up, it's being typed up if it was a medley where they did Nowhere to Run, Tonight You Belong to Me, Naked City, Wouldn't You Like to Know Me, I'm a Legend Tonight. And I know Bob contributed guitar to Paul's 78 solo album. And so I'm not sure if he was on Wouldn't You Like to Know Me or not. And he if was. that was a tribute, he was. And then, you know, Nowhere he, to Run. He co-wrote, he co-wrote Naked City. Okay, so yeah. And so it looks like they were really trying tribute to Bob. Um, and then they did Goodbye. And I thought that was going to be the last song. Uh, it's great to see songs from uh, Paul Stanley's album getting played. Uh, I thought Goodbye. It's always great to hear Paul Stanley solo songs live. Yes. And so I thought, you know, they were doing Goodbye. So I thought that was just going to be the last song. That was their way of saying goodbye for the evening. But then they did God Gave Rock and Roll. It was a it was a good show. I really enjoyed it. And I knew I was going to have to see the next Bruce Kulick show on the ship. I knew that was a can't miss show. And um, in between that time, I actually ran into Bruce on the elevator. And I was on the elevator and I can't remember where I was going, what direction up or down. But I saw Bruce Kulick get on the elevator right before I was about to get off the elevator. So I immediately just got back on the elevator and he said, are you going up or down? I didn't know where I was going. Cause I was just going to ride the elevator with him and then let him get off. So I could chat with him for a few seconds, which is what I did. I don't know where he was going or anything. Uh, so he said, uh, you know, I'm going up or down. I said, well, that's where I'm going to. And we very briefly chat on the elevator. I told him that I had met him at a convention years ago, but that he probably didn't remember me. And I told him how many countless hours I had spent rocking out to him. And I told him that, uh, um, you know, I used the master bedroom of my house as a kiss room. He said, we, so I'm guessing he was referring to him and his wife, Lisa, he said, we use uh, a loft. So, uh, and I, I saw him a couple other times on uh, throughout the cruise where he referred to me as Elevator Man. <laughs> that was the name he had given me. So, um, and I will tell you that, speaking of Bruce, uh, another interesting thing I had happen with Bruce, uh, is, is I thought this was really funny, was at the autograph session, one, I went to one of the autograph sessions, and Bruce and his man were there. And so there was a long line to get autographs, so they weren't doing pictures. And uh, so I got their autograph, you know, just very briefly spoke to them to keep the line moving, and um, went away and went to the other side of the room. And finally, the line got much smaller. It looked like they were pretty much done signing autographs. Uh, you know, very few fans were at the table. So 
I thought, well, maybe I can ask for an autograph now because I don't, the line, you know, the doesn't seem like much is going on at the table. So I walked up and I asked one of his band members, and I can't remember which one it was, said, uh, can I have my picture made with y'all? He said, sure. Well, um, there was a security guard standing beside, or sitting beside the table who heard this band member say, sure, you can have your picture made with us. And he said, you cannot have your picture made with them. We have to get ready for the next event. Well, I wa walked out of the on the ship and maybe a minute or two later, Bruce Kulik and Ann walked out of the room and I was standing in the hallway and I said, can I have my picture made with y'all? They said, sure. And got my picture made with them. Yep. No security guard was going to tell them. Going to follow them around saying no pictures. <laughs> no, they're, they're great guys. I mean, all, all the guys in the bands, the Talisman, Bruce's band, are, are just great guys. And, and they know they're on the KISS cruise, and it's about the KISS fans as well, and they know how to treat people right. You know, they they, they will tell you if they've got something they got to do, uh, but yeah. they're always very, very polite, um, awesome yeah. to engage. Yeah. Um, and let's talk about the second uh, Kulik show, which oh. was inside the Stardust. Did you go to that? Yeah. And how was getting into that? Because obviously there's limited capacity there. But Bruce is finally where he should be. He's not out on the back of the boat outside. He's inside on the stage. Right. That I I did go to and I managed to get a seat really close. I, I wasn't can't remember exactly how close I was. I was probably a few feet away from the stage. I don't know if it would have been as many as 10 feet or not. It was closer than I would have expected to be able to get uh, a good seat to. I, I wasn't in the center. I was off to the left. But I had a really good view. And so, yeah, it was nice to just be able to happen to get a nice seat. It was another one of those standing things. I, I can't remember. I don't think it was the pit. I think it was right behind the pit. And But it was a great view. And um, and the set list, uh, there was some overlap in the set list, but there was a lot done that had not been played at the first show. And I thought the, the band sounded excellent. They just were playing very, very well. And the fact that the, and the audience seemed to really be into it, too. The audience was um, excited about the show. And... They again. They opened up with Exciter, and but then they did Tears Are Falling. Uh, that, that was good to hear. Uh, that's another one of those songs that, like all, there was a music video for. And like maybe the band wanted to push the song to be a hit, but it never really took off, and they just sort of never went back to it. Uh, I mean, they might have played it sense but i know it's not something they played much at all you know uh since they put makeup back on so they did tears are falling and who wants to be lonely and then they did a deep cut that they did really well and the crowd seemed to be pleased to hear and that was thou shalt not which is one of my favorites uh i don't know if kiss has ever played thou shalt not live before I, i'm not sure but if it if they have, it's certainly not something that has ever regularly made the set list. Yeah, I, I don't recall Kiss ever doing that. I know Bruce, I think, used to use that for his guitar clinics, and that's the only time you would have heard live guitar to it. 
but yeah, that sounded great. And then they did, um, according to the set list I printed off, they did Radar for Love and Making Love as a medley. I didn't, didn't sound like a medley to me, but m- maybe it was. And I know a lot of people say that Radar for Love was just Kiss trying to rip off Led Zeppelin. But I don't think it's a bad song. It's a great song. And I, I think the Making Love thing is just a little tag in the middle of it, it um, rather than a medley as such. But Radar for Love, come on, another Asylum song? I, I, I yeah, an Asylum is such, in my opinion, such a great album. And it wasn't until I started on his stack, which was about right around the time the pandemic started, I started posting on his stack. I had lurked there for years, but I, I hadn't bothered to do much as far as posting goes. And I had all this time to myself now that I was quarantined that I just said, well, I might as well just go ahead and start posting rather than just reading it all the time. So, but when I started posting, I thought as a Kiss fan that Asylum is one of the most hated Kiss albums there was, even though I liked it. And I noticed though, as I posted on Kiss Fat, there are a lot of fans that like Asylum. I was even surprised one time there was a poll on Kiss FAQ over what album fans thought was better was it asylum or revenge and asylum one and i was i was surprised because you know i just always thought that it was an album fans hated even though i always liked it but i guess it has a strong following yeah once once you get past the cover i think musically yeah you know people once they're able to ignore something that's so dated and you know was just an attempt that didn't really work out for people you know Uh regardless that musically it's a good album is it better than revenge not too sure about that as much as i like both yeah well you know and i think one of the things that asylum was the crazy 80s costumes uh you know but that was a trend at the time i mean as far as glam metal goes you know it was you, you see a lot of those big hair bands wearing weird stuff but wearing weird stuff isn't really unusual for kiss they did that in the 70s too that stuff was weird back then too they're kiss yeah so to hear all those tracks from asylum played were was was great and then they did two more songs i like and i know a lot of kiss fans hate both of these songs but i like them both and that is Let's Put the X in Sex and You Make Me Rock Hard. Uh, it was great to hear those. Those are songs you, I don't know if the band has ever performed with them live. No. I think Paul did Let's Put the X during his solo tour in 89, but Kiss, uh, I think they dorked around with it during the convention unplugged. I don't, I listen, I, let me just say that. I listened to those songs a lot when that album came out because. Mm-hmm. I've listened to the album a lot when it came out, the, the Smashes album. I do not like them, but I love what this band did with them live. You're talking about the X and Sex and Rock Hard? Yeah. Oh, you don't well, like the songs, you just like what they did for them live. I, I No, I wasn't a fan of the songs, but I like how the band reinterpreted them oh, and okay. how the songs came across live, performed as a traditional kind of four-piece oh, without, okay. all, without all the polish and synth and other rubbish. 
Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, they were played more from a from a a raw a raw form. Yeah, more uh, rock and roll. Yeah, which was something that in the '80s, just like you mentioned, they were trying to aim for a more polished sound. Yeah, they're trying to be Bon Jovi. Right. And so after those two, they did Domino. And Eric Singer actually came out and did drums for Domino. How cool is that? Yeah. And uh, so that's not, well, it's a song you don't hear much live, but I wouldn't say it's a super deep cut. It's not as deep of a cut as Thou Shalt Not. Uh, Domino, of course, is something they played on the tour that made it on the live three. Uh, and they did, then they did uh, Jungle, which is a song, you know, you don't even hear fans mention Jungle much. I know that a lot of fans liked the song Jungle when it came out. I think it won an award in a magazine for best song of the year. I can't remember which magazine it was. And uh, I, I knew that there were fans that liked it. I liked the song Jungle. But it's one you virtually never hear anyone talk about. Usually with Carnival of Souls, you hear people talk about it as an album rather than as the individual songs, from what I've noticed. Yep. So it was great that they would do something from Carnival of Souls, which even though Carnival of Souls isn't one of my favorite albums, uh, there are some good songs on there, including Jungle. And it's nice that it just gets attention in the set list or that it got attention that night in the set list. And then they did uh, all hell's breaking loose again. And they did forever. Um, and then they did something in tribute. I think it was to Eric Carr. They did the car jam from revenge and they did uh, paralyzed, which is another deep cut. From Revenge, Paralyzed and Thou Shalt Not. Those are both very deep cuts from Revenge. And then they did I Real big. It's not a super deep cut, but you don't get played a lot. And I, I speculate it might not be played so much is because it um, more or less uses the F word repeatedly in it. And I don't think Kiss wants to do that on I think that they, they're trying to, since the reunion tour, they've tried to be a little bit more family friendly because second generation KISS fans started coming with their parents. And so they didn't want to do all of that on stage. But it's one of my favorites. I think it's a very overlooked song or underlooked or overlooked. Yes. And then they did another deep cut from Revenge and that spit. And the audience seemed to really be into that too. So that's, Three deep cuts from Revenge, and I'm trying to think right now from Revenge songs, the other deep cuts that were not done, and I'm not complaining, I'm just saying that these are ones, other deep cuts from Revenge they didn't pick were Tough Love, Heart of Chrome, and those are the only ones I'm thinking of. They did a lot from Revenge. Um, they didn't do Take It Off, but Kiss did Take It Off. Yeah. And no one's doing. And no one's doing. Every time I look at you. Oh, you're right. I forgot about that one. That's uh, Paul's. Ba it, that's Paul's baby. We've got MTV unplugged for that forever. Yeah. And uh, then, of course, they closed with the Star Spangled Banner. So it, it was great. 
Uh, very that, that's that's a really i mean bruce's sets you know even kisses you know and i i know people are like well they changed it you know they're up and down about that but again it's a broad amount of, of selection from the catalog represented on this tour between uh, or on this cruise pardon me um you know whether it's the bruce kulik band or the mob whichever name uh, you prefer to use for those guys and kiss that that is really an immersive experience into the kiss catalog um which one? Both. When you take oh. Bruce representing yeah. his catalog and Kiss representing theirs, that's yeah. a heck of a lot of Kiss songs that get played. Yeah, and you know, it's it's very nice that Kiss tries to do deep cuts on the cruise, at least. And you know, it's so nice to see Bruce do you know so many Kiss songs. Um, let's see. Other than what he covered for Eric Carr. Not sure if there was a single Bruce song from outside of Kiss or not. There might have been. Only, yeah, other than the Eric Carr stuff, that that was it. You know, the Eyes of Love and uh, those two, which were for the Rockheads. That was it for him. No Blackjack, no Union, no uh, none of his own solo stuff. So, yeah. He really kept it in-house or in the proper lane, maybe. Uh, I, I guess opinions kind of vary, and you know, because obviously BK3 did have Gene on it, so he could do some stuff like that. Uh, BK3 also had Nick on it, so who, who knows? But I, I think for, for someone sitting in, you know, on the other end of YouTube, it's it's he, he covered all the bases in terms of Kiss and kept it appropriate. Would you like yeah. some Union? Um, I mean, it might have been interesting to hear, but I had choice i would have probably preferred even more kiss cuts yeah no keep, uh, keep it kiss I don't, I don't want union without john well i mean that was uh he was certainly one of the stars of union um you know everyone knows of, as union is bruce kulik's collaboration with john karabi <laughs> that's sort of what the band is known as and i'm not trying to be negative about the other members i'm just saying that's you know, um, that's what people often think of when they think of you. Yeah. So other other aspects of the tour, uh, of the cruise musically, I mean, Night Ranger was on the boat, Queensryche, uh, Sebastian Bach did not make it on the boat, uh, Black right. and Blue. Black and Blue, I mean, wow. I, I heard that Tommy guested. Which other uh, acts did you catch musically while you're on? Let's see, I've got a list of the bands that were there i just want to make sure i don't skip over i did see some other bands too i saw i saw black and blue um now they performed three times and i saw them i saw a full set they did and then part of another set they did um, and then I, I didn't see the other set, but the first set they did, it's very interesting because I saw from where I was sitting, Tommy Thayer, I was sitting up on kind of a balcony it was, I was up one level above the stage. And I saw way across from me on the other side, Tommy just standing there off to the side of the stage watching. 
he was just outside of the atrium and I could see him. Uh, it seemed like he was having a good time. And uh, I thought, you know, well, but he didn't get up on stage, which seemed kind of weird. And then second time they played, I heard that he did get up on stage with them. And then the third show they did, I, I saw the entire thing. They were playing on the sports court. But I thought Black and Blue did well. Uh, you know, they've... Um, I thought they did well. And it, it was... Uh, I enjoyed seeing I had never seen Black and Blue before, so I couldn't compare it to other performances. But, you know, I enjoyed them. And then, let's see who else I saw. I saw Queen Shrike. I saw one of their shows on the pool deck, and it was good. I enjoyed it. And I also saw one of the Talisman's shows, which I really, really, really enjoyed. And I made sure to tell them I'd run into them sometime on the ship, like in the cafeteria or an elevator somewhere. And I made a point to tell them how much I enjoyed that show. They did two of my all-time favorites. Um, they did Mr. Make Believe, and they did I. Love Mr. Make Believe, very overlooked song. And it was primarily a, an acoustic show. And they're, they were great. Uh, a lot of Kiss songs. I don't remember exactly which songs they played, but they played those two, which I wouldn't have counted on hearing. And uh, I was very pleased to hear. And I also saw. Oh, I saw Nick Perry and the Underground Thieves. I saw they they performed three times. I didn't see them the first time, but I saw them the second time. And then I saw some of the third performance. So the first performance was on Belize. And they were, I thought they were great. Uh, they, uh, Nick Perry, not Nick Perry, I'm sorry. Did I say Nick Perry and the Underground Thieves? Yes. I'm sorry. I meant to say Tuck Smith and the Restless Hearts. <laughs> Tuck Smith and the Restless Hearts. That's that's the one I'm talking about. Who I, I didn't see them the first time, and I saw them the second time on Belize, and then I saw them again. I, I'm sorry. I, I meant to say Tuck Smith. So Tuck Smith is a really cool performer on stage. His, his band is good, but he is very charismatic, and uh, he actually I. Um, I was there at the front of the stage and I was the only person who at the time was sitting down and he made reference to it. And I said something to him about, uh, he said something to me, about you know, I'm being the only one sitting down and I stood up and he said something about rock and roll. I can't remember what it was, but it was something negative. And I said, you know, that's that's not true about rock and roll. And I didn't know what it was. And, uh, he then gave me the microphone and let me say it for the audience. <laughs> and uh, he wanted to have a beer chug on the stage. And so I got up. I wanted to do the beer chug. He, he let me up with a, a few, 
a few other fans and did the beer chug. And he saw my kid's fruit hat and took it off and put it on himself. And then when I was done, he uh, put it back on. So, and he said, well, my first name is Alan. And so I can't remember how this came up, but he said, Alan, you must have a plantain dick. <laughs> can't remember how that came up. Then he gave me the nickname Donkey Dick. And I ran into him in the hallway later on, and he remembered me. He said, there's Donkey Dick Allen. <laughs> and so I, the next time I saw him was um, I saw the end of last few songs of the last time they performed and I went up to the front of the stage and he recognized me and he said uh, something like there's donkey dick Allen the uh, rock prophet and he let me say something into the microphone again it was about getting tired from rock and roll and I got on the microphone and I said uh, I can't remember exactly what I said about you know that's not true rock and roll all the motherfucking time. It's my energy. It never gets tired. Okay, she's the F word on the podcast. Yeah. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. I, I know not all podcasters would allow me. So, he, um, I, I said to him that I would see him again. And, uh, he said he was moving to Nashville in two weeks, so I'm hoping I can go and see him again. He was uh, really good. They were good. Really enjoyed them. And uh, what about Kaleido? I thought that, that is actually Kiss related in that their lead singer was on Ace Frehley's Anomaly album of backing vocalist on uh, A Little Below the Angels. I saw, I went to part of one of their shows. For a lot of the people, I didn't see the whole show. It depended on, you know, something going on afterward. I really wanted to go to the show. I might leave early or if there was something going that I was coming from that I'd really wanted to go to, I'd come and watch the end of the show. So I saw a little bit of Caladio, but not much. Um, they sounded good. Um, I don't know that I really saw enough of the show to really give analysis but uh i did get my picture made with the lead singer so i, 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 I saw enough online to make me want to check out their stuff you know and from what you've now said i'm going to check out tuck smith and and see you know what yeah. they're about musically i mean that's how we discover new music by what other people say right you know right. And, and the stories and enhanced um you know as time is running a little short i, I want to just touch on a couple of other aspects of the cruise you know um the cabins are small let's talk about food um you know how were all those arrangements on on the cruise and what did you like in, in within those aspects of it you know for uh for your sustenance uh, well as far as the food on board you know there's the food that's included with the cost of the cruise and then there's the Restaurants you have to pay extra for. And I said to myself, you know, unless I get there and the food is just, the free food is really bad, I'm not going to pay to go to any of the restaurants. And so I didn't. Uh, there was 
I ate most of my meals either at the cafeteria, which had an indoor and outdoor component, and uh, which is it was like a all you could eat buffet, and it wasn't mm-hmm. that. Um, I certainly found some stuff there I liked. I mean, I wouldn't call it gourmet, but it wasn't bad. And there was Sheehan's Irish Pub and Grill. I liked that place too. I really liked their chicken wings. That, it, that chicken. place was great for breakfast. I used to go there because no one was there for breakfast. So I'd have my three pots of tea and my breakfast, and it was just silence for the big screen. And there was the main dining room. I only went to once, but it's very interesting. I went to the main dining room. They asked me if I would like, uh, if, if it would be okay if when they were going to seat me, if it would be a seat with other people. I said, sure. And I was thinking to myself, well, you know, it'd, it'd be nice to chat with other fans, you know, while I dined. Uh, so I, I sat down and somehow or other, uh, I don't know how, but the subject of Julian or Kiss FAQ came up and there was a guy sitting at the table and I asked him about, uh, you know, if he uses it. Uh, uses uh, KISS FAQ, and he said, uh, yeah, I do. I said, well, what is your name? He said, I'm R. Scott, R. Scott Randy. 71. Yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's a really good guy. Yeah, and I said to him, I said, well, I'm Southern KISS. And so we uh, talked about, you know, uh, I guess I, I probably told him, I have actually been reading Julian Jill for over 20 years now. I was reading your Kiss album Focus when it was a special feature on KissAsylum.com. Now I feel old. That was probably back around 1999 when I started reading that, uh, long before you know it had ever been published. So uh, I'm I'm really honored to be on your show after reading your work for all these years. Well, well, thank you for coming on the show after reading some of that. I well, look back on that and it makes me cringe. Um, uh, what you know, uh, one of the best things I learned in college was to never undermine your work. That it's natural to be critical of yourself, but oftentimes, what you do is better than what you think it is. And I started applying that in college. And I would write papers I didn't think were that good, and I'd get A's on them, and I just couldn't believe it. Yep. You live and you live and learn. But, you know, Randy, you know, and some of the other FAQ gang who were on there, you know, I should have sent you guys all T-shirts beforehand if I had any, uh, you know, so that you could really, uh, well, you'd end up walking the plank possibly. But, you know, that's that's a great thing, a, a communal table and you meet new people and then just randomness, you know. And I must say, you getting to meet someone like that um, is certainly better than when you meet someone, they give off all their ba- previously banned usernames. <laughs> <laughs> so you're lucky you got one of the good ones yeah and uh i also wanted to say uh as far as the cruise goes two activities that i really 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 enjoyed of course there were more than just two but two of my favorites would have been karaoke i did that four out of the five nights i absolutely loved it I'm so used to dancing to Kiss in my living room that to be able to get up and dance on stage with other fans to Kiss is is a great experience. And I also really enjoyed the Kiss trivia. There and Jamie St. James. I really enjoyed that. Um, it was done in teams of six people per team, and my team tied for third place. Nice. 
Were, oh. Now, were the teams pre-organized or was it all random out of a hat? You're, this is such and such a team. Well, it was sort of like just people would just sort of walk into the room and they'd hear, well, you need to find a team. So I just sort of found the first team. I just walked up to a group of people and said, do y'all have room on your team for me? They said, sure. So I, I just sort of got on their team. They had already named it and everything. It was named Nothing to Lose. Um, but it was it was fun. It's yeah, super fun. I, that was one of the high points on the cruises. And if anyone goes in the future, that really is one of the standout events. It's great to hear that the band members were more involved in, you know, some aspects of that. I mean, I was watching the riff off this morning. Uh, Mike Brune uh, put up his video of it, and you know, to see Tommy Mark, who's uh, Tommy's guitar tech. If you ever do a Mar uh, Tommy guitar experience, Mark will be the the person that helps you out through that whole process. Jamie St. James and Jack Blades from Night Ranger. So you know, to have that sort of interaction with them, you know, is, is kind of cool. Yeah. And there is one thing I ought to mention that I thought was funny that happened on the cruise. I don't know if other FA tours will make it Happened with Paul Stanley's bedtime stories. <laughs> he read children's books that had a lot of sexual innuendo that could be a book that's appropriate for a child or an adult. And I mean, this is Paul Stanley. At the end, I went up to the front of the stage when people were trying to get things signed. And I said to Paul Stanley, I asked him, can you sign my nuts? He said, they're too small. <laughs> nice. Paul, I mean, Paul's got a great sense of humor and he's really quick with it as well. Mm -hmm. All right. It was La last great. topic. Last topic before we wrap up. All right. Obviously, the cruise is a cruise. You went to Belize and Honduras. Belize, Honduras. Did, did you participate in those off-board events, and what did you do in both of those? Well, for Belize, uh, I didn't have any offshore excursions planned, but there was a lot to do on the island itself. What I did primarily on the island was I relaxed at the pool, inside the pool. I got sunburned, too, but I'm healing up from that and but it was worth it to get the sunburn uh so basically the pool was just it was a big pool a bunch of fans lounging around going up to each other chatting about this you know um very laid-back atmosphere but a very friendly atmosphere uh i conversed with other fans uh, a lot of them you know, just random you know we'd say hey where are you from and talk about kiss and um, then there was also the pool. I mean, not, not the pool. I already mentioned the pool, the beach. I spent some time on the beach. And then there was the Tuxmith and the Restless Heart show. And so um, those were primarily the three things I did in Belize. I didn't pay for any of the other uh, excursions. But I, I do remember I was on the beach. And one of the excursions was uh, zip lining over the, the ocean. As someone was ziplining over the ocean, I heard them shout out, kiss forever. Nice. Nice. And then, so the second day, we stopped at, stopped at in Honduras. And I got out and I walked around some, but to get to the main part of Honduras, other than the, the side of the island that we ported on, you had to get an expensive bus ticket to go into the island. And at the time, I really necessary. I kind of regret it now, but 
I knew there was going to be stuff on board the ship I could do anyway. And I'm, I'm the sort of person that likes to travel, but I didn't want to have to do an expensive bus ticket to Honduras and then, I mean, to the main island and then try and find my way around when I didn't really know my way around. Uh, I remember when I went to England a few years ago, I went to England for two weeks and there was so much to see and do. And I had so many places I wanted to go, but I wasn't able to see as many places because it took me so long to get from one place to another because I didn't know my way around. <laughs> and so I didn't want that happening on Honduras. I only had a few hours. So I went back to the ship and apparently there were other people on ship too who weren't uh, as, you know, all that interested in the offshore excursions. Um, of course, for me, the main draw was, was you know, just the fans. That was the big draw for the Kiss Cruise. And I made a few really good friends on the cruise that I hung out a lot with. And uh, great time. And karaoke, yeah, I mentioned that. Karaoke. Getting or closer to the main area of Rowett. But I mean, I wasn't that because no. I really this cruise. I would have gone on the this cruise if we hadn't stopped anywhere. <laughs> right. No. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I, I didn't get off in Key West on my cruise. Uh, I, I hung out and watched. Uh, what did we watch? I think we watched Detroit Rock City, the movie. Yeah, they had that available on the cruise. Um, they were doing a filming of that and usually I would want to see that, but I own the movie Detroit Rock City. So I didn't think I needed to, I, I figured I could do things that I, I wanted to do things that I couldn't just do at home. Right. Well, you know what? I think we've covered pretty much everything there is. Is there anything you'd like to add before we go? Uh, I don't think so. Um, other than I, as I said earlier, I just had a great time, which that's what I had heard about the Kiss Cruise. And I met people who had been on all 10 of them. And I know that if they're, you know, people are going on this every year and they're having it every year, it must be a success. That must be an enjoyable experience. Yeah. And here's, here's a guy, you know, to everyone who's watching out there who just went on his first Kiss Cruise in 2021, the time that, you know, lots of people canceled and weren't able to go and had a great time and enjoyed the music and enjoy it. It sounds like you had a fantastic cruise and a vacation and who knows what they're going to have in store for Kiss Cruise 11, which is sailing out of Los Angeles. So those of us on the, on the West coast, hallelujah, a little easier to get to. And those in Australia, well, your 19 hour flight becomes a 15 hour flight. <laughs> I'm sure that doesn't make that much of a difference, but uh, you know, and the European lot, sorry, you're now got a 12 hour flight instead of a eight hour, or whatever it is. So, you know, ever, everything kind of works out and hopefully for kiss cruise 11 in 2021, the, the world has returned or continued its return to normalcy and that all of you are able to go on the kiss cruise and participate. I hope they have a strong lineup like they did this year. 
because when you've got black and blue, and come on, that's 80s. They were on tour with Kiss in the 80s. When you've got the Talisman, when you've got Kaleido or Clydeo, Night Ranger opened up for Kiss on the Creatures of the Night tour. You know, that and Queensryche opened up for Kiss, uh, Animalize, and I think they, they maybe did a second run as well. I mean, what an absolutely incredible musical lineup. And I, I know I've left some of the acts out, um, you know, the comedians, uh, Craig Gass and Courtney Conan Dold, um, not deliberately, but uh, because I wanted to focus on the music on this. You know, I think we're going to have lots of material on the FAQ and on Facebook and other places where KISS fans congregate to talk about this event for quite a long time to come. And that's the, the other great part of it, that it does start the conversations and keep them going. So for now, Southern KISS member of the kiss faq they're a younger member of the kiss faq there's yeah. your perspective on kiss cruise 10 thanks for joining us thank you for having me thank you for spending time listening to the kiss faq podcast today all sales are final there are no refunds if you'd like look us up on facebook or come over to the kiss faq message board and discuss the topic we broadcast today don't forget to rate us on itunes spreaker or wherever you've listened to the show We hope you'll join us again.